Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, April 7th, 2014, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes with Jake and Mr. Skullhead, starring Jake and Mr. Skullhead, with a special appearance by Jake and Mr. Skullhead, music by Jake, and uh, song management by Mr. Skullhead, makeup effects by Light Industrial Light and Magic. How you doing, Jake? I would have thought you'd be the one to make the music, Mr. Skullhead. No, I think it's more exciting if we play against our strengths so that we can develop other oh. strengths. Okay, so you'll be the guy with the big dick. Yeah, I'll be the guy who is a big dick, and you'll be the guy who sings. <laughs> mm, how's it going, Mr. Skullhead? Man, it's good. I, uh, I got a chance to perform on a stage this weekend, and that was fun. That's something Did that you? hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, they, uh, the Fearless Comedy Productions company, that's the theater company that a bunch of my friends are involved in and that I'm kind of tangentially involved in, did a 50-hour comedy marathon this weekend. So they did, like, from Friday at 7 p.m. to Sunday at 9 p.m., they had a stand-up comic or an improv show or a music show or something every hour. Hmm. So uh, they had somebody drop out of the Sunday morning at 10 a.m. slot and asked if anybody wanted to throw in, and I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but that, and that really scares me to think of doing this, so yeah, I'm totally going to do it. So I did. Yeah, because like Boz Lerman said, do one thing every day that scares exactly. you. Exactly, which is why... Like, put, this, put the suntan lotion directly into your eyes. Well, I don't know if that scares so much as hurts. If he had said, do one thing every day that hurts you, I think people would have taken it differently. Don't put suntan lotion in your eyes. They'll thank you when you're older. Yeah. That's why I, uh, my bed is actually 10 feet off of the ground. And uh, okay. I have to, like, kind of jump and roll every morning. And Jesus, that's scary. But it's better than coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just takes, I mean, and it just takes care of it, right? You don't have to come up with one new thing every day that scares you. Right. And there's also a little compartment full of spiders that okay. randomly, uh, based on the decay of an isotope, opens every morning instead of an alarm clock. So okay. fighting off a bunch of spiders is also a thing that could happen every day, but it's not every day. You know, it's random. So you don't always get up on time, but when you do, it's always because you've gotten bitten by a whole bunch of venomous spiders. Right. Or at least I had to fend them off. Because if okay. they came out every day, you'd just be like, oh, it's spiders again. Must be Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. You get some kind of uh, spider-resistant sunscreen. Kill two spiders with one lotion. <laughs> I wonder if they sell that in Australia, because if there's a thing that Australia has plenty of, it's spiders and sun. And an upside down so people. So, what did you, uh, what did you end up performing? What did you, so, did, what did it, was it just like, there's this hour long slot and it's yours? Yeah. So, it, well, it turned out some of them are half hour slots. So it was a half hour and they're like, okay, fill this with a thing that is funny. So I dug up a story that a short story that I wrote, a little nonfiction thing that I wrote 10 years ago and read it over and it was terrible. <clears throat> and so, I then read to familiarize myself with the events of the story and then rewrote the entire thing and then performed it on stage. And it went over really well. I was happy. So it was like a, like a David Sedaris kind of thing. Yeah. Like it was about, and like you're gay. Yeah. Well, it was because it was about a couple of nights at a, at the karaoke bar when I lived in LA. So I would stop and like sing a couple of bars of a song every now and again. Wow. I'm glad I wasn't I know there. you are. I did a, a verse of a DC talk rap as well, kind of folded in there. So right. it, it was like a short attention span musical theater. You get like a, 
a couple of lines of a song and then back to telling the story and then a couple lines of a song. Did you have a piano man accompanying? No, it was uh, strictly a cappella. I was uh, I was gratified though. Like when I started, there were three people in the room, which I figured, you know, Sunday morning, ten a.m., not the best slot for a huge audience. But by the end, I, I would say there were fifteen, fifteen, eighteen people, and they they gave thunderous applause. People said it went really well, so that's cool. Like, I have I have not performed a thing in a very long time. Well, I mean, you 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 performed a rap song with McFront a lot. Right, but my success rate on that is 50%. Well. <laughs> yeah, but a success rate of 50% is better than a trying rate of 0%. I mean, that's a passing grade, right? Also, hang hang in there, says the king. Mm-hmm. Let me check the poster on my wall that has the big blue whale surfacing underneath an iceberg that looks small on the top, but it's huge on the bottom and hanging off of the iceberg are a bunch of kittens. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't have a caption because it, you know, it's pretty much evident. There's that one that says you miss all the limbs you don't hang from. Yeah. You, you fail to hack off 90% of the limbs that you don't try to hack off, which means just occasionally you will accidentally cut off a limb. Hang from one limb every day. That's high enough to scare mm-hmm. you. Because if you don't all hang together from one limb, you must all hang separately. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, that's that's cool. Did, you wrote it. I mean, is, was it a half hour? Like, half hour is a long fucking time. Yeah, I was pleased when I read it back and practiced it, and it ended up being like 25 minutes. But, yeah, I was worried that halfway through it, people would be like, I'm done listening to this dude talk and occasionally sing. That's fuck this and they'd get out their cell phones but it didn't happen i held them i held them spellbound with my voice good yeah so it makes me feel better about other things that i'm going to be doing in the near future that i don't have any experience in like they've hired me to write their fall show which is a 60 minute play and here's like it needs to be an hour long maybe we'll do some kind of horror comedy thing go Please have it done by, like, the end of June. <laughs> like, well, all right. So I would like to get... I, I miss that uh, that performance slash producing stuff thing. Yeah, I mean, like, comedy theater is, I, I guess, an entire thing that I had never considered. Like, I, I guess I don't, I don't tend to think of... Like, to me, comedy is either a guy telling jokes that he wrote in a routine that he refined over time, right? uh, which is a thing that I would not be at all interested in doing uh, just because I constantly horrified that I will accidentally tell a joke I've told before. Uh Um, And then, and then improv where you don't prepare a thing, but like, yeah, a funny play. That's a thing. I guess that's a sketch, (laughs) right? I guess what I've done is I've just discovered sketch comedy. Well, when you once you stretch it out past the like ten or fifteen minute mark, then it's it's a different animal, right? It's like drawing comedy. It's like portrait comedy. Yeah, it's less of a what is a it's portrait comedy, yeah, I like that. Why do they call it a sketch? I don't know. Because it doesn't take very long like a sketch doesn't take very long to draw. Hmm. Because the people who are involved in such things are invariably sketchy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they all arrived at the theater by uh, grabbing the back bumper of a car uh, on a skateboard. Wearing Skechers. 
Mm-hmm. Probably. So, so you got what do you get? I mean, how many characters do you get? Like how many actors? They said five or six. So I ended up with five and it's got to be something that can be put on on a pretty small stage with minimal setting. So it's not like scene four on top of the Eiffel Tower and the helicopter descends. And otherwise you, you right. get into that weird like improv thing. We're like, and now we're on top of the Grand Canyon. You can hear the wind blow at the top of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about Chekhov's helicopter. <laughs> I did watch a lot of, uh, of the comedy marathon and improv is a thing that you wouldn't think there would be that much gradation of being good at. But I think that's only because I've, I've only ever seen people who are already good at it do it. Yeah. So there were some people who definitely like, I mean, to be charitable, I think they just, need some work they just started out with their comedy gig and it can get kind of awkward and extended when people don't know how to i think knowing when to just stop and do something different is the big skill that you learn yeah i was ruined on improv forever were you at the max Funcon where ass cat like the Upright Citizens Brigade did, or was that the one before the one? That you no, did? that was the one where they did. Um, Patton Oswalt Andy, told little stories, and the, or, Andy, yeah, Andy, sorry, Andy, Andy, Andy Richter, Richter. <laughs> close, close, some enough. like chubby kind of mid forties. Yeah, yeah, that that was so good that, I, like the my needle got screwed up for improv, hmm. just forever as a result of that. You know, I've seen I've seen some local improv that was not bad. Uh, but I've also seen some local improv that was not good. <laughs> Man, that is the worst thing. But like thinking about improv comedy makes me sad because I am so bad at it. Well, I'm so bad at it in like a formalized setting because I realize that. I mean, we've had this conversation a thousand times, but like my pathological inability to lie kicks in. Uh-huh. And so. It is, and, and maybe maybe it's also my Aspie lack of empathy. You know, like a snake <laughs> doesn't have any empathy, like a venomous snake. You know, they, 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 every once in a while there would be a mutation where a venomous snake would have empathy, but then he just wouldn't be able to kill and eat anything because he felt sorry for it, and so he wouldn't survive long enough to pass on his genes. Yeah, that's the problem. No, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's just, like you said, the... The inability to even believe that you're on the edge of the Grand Canyon to the degree that you can imagine what people would do in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably imagine what people would do, but not something that is funny. It's like, wow, look at those, look at those trees. Yeah, we should take a picture of this. Ah, this picture is really disappointing. We should maybe, uh, we should hike down there just a little bit. I mean, uh, how late is the trail open today? And oh yeah. no, my hat blew off. Now wait a minute, that's kind of funny. Uh, does anybody have a rope? <laughs> <clears throat> no. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're the worst improv team ever. There's it's supposed to be yes and. Every question that you ask, it should be yes and. Like, <laughs> does anybody have a rope? Yes, and I also have some soap on the rope because you smell bad and you need to shower. But there aren't any showers here at the Grand Canyon, are there? Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are massage services too. Do they give hand jobs? Yes, and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's all you need to know. Well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that your thing went well. Yeah, I, I'm wondering. I will ask somebody if it was recorded, so the people who are not you, who are interested in the things that I do, or who can—that's uh, not fair—to who can bear to listen to someone who doesn't know he's making a fool of himself. Can no, listen it's to it. the sing. It's only the singing. I was. I totally wanted it until you told me about the oh, singing. I see. Um, and fuck, man, I'll listen to it. Come on, man. What am I? What am I? A cruel mistress? I don't think so. I've sent you a That's bunch crazy. of rap songs that I wrote for KOLers, and you've listened to them, or at least you've claimed to. I have, yeah. and they're good. You got mad flow, <laughs> fresh, f- fresh flow. What kind of fucking eggs do you want? Jesus, mad flow. <laughs> Allowed <laughs> for a minute. Kiss my cunt. <laughs> Jeez. Gritty. <laughs> the gritty reboot of flow. <laughs> gritty flow. No wonder. That's the oh God. least favorite period of the menstrual cycle. <sighs> no wonder people are always so upset when their aunt flow is visiting. <laughs> so you're in um, Phoenix right now for ZapCon coming up, right? I am in Phoenix for Zapcon coming up, and uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of things that involve plugging old things into other old things. Um, in fact, today at some point I need to go uh, to all of the thrift stores that were closed on Sunday. At, like, I guess as a result of being run by people who aren't interested in, I don't know, selling anything to people with jobs. I guess that's kind of the definition of a thrift store. Yeah. Right, it's a place where you can buy stuff if you don't have a job or any money. Uh, so yeah, why would they? Why would they need to be open on Sundays? They can just be open on a Tuesday at like two p.m. That was the last time I went to a Goodwill. Actually, it was Tuesday at two p.m. This past Tuesday at two. Yeah, there was an it's spring break for the wife, and they do dollar fifty labels on Tuesdays where everything has a randomly assigned color stripe on its label. On the price tag, so they're like, this week, everything that's blue label is $1.50. Sweet. I'll go buy some stuff. So does that mean that even like a, you know, like a couch that would normally be 75 bucks is $1.50? No, I think for the for the big stuff, they just put like a, a label with no stripe on it. So you can't be like, ha ha. Rachel, uh, who was tasked with getting the TVs for the Atari Lounge, managed to get four functional TVs for $2. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. Also, it's a lot easier to find uh, tube TVs than I thought. Although the thrift store TV selection, this is also weird. What I'm looking for now is some just like 80s looking wooden like living room lamps uh-huh. to, uh, you know, to lend a little ambiance to the Atari lounge. And most of the thrift stores lamp selections are now sort of like their television selections, which is like kind of 90s and not 80s. Um, so it's a lot of like ceramic, like a lamp that looks like a vase. Yeah. Or like maybe like a lamp that's that looks like it's made of glass. Yeah, the thrift store is is getting a little less interesting for nostalgia because pretty soon it's just going to all be stuff from the 2000s. Yep. It'll be like, man, I remember back when there were record players and VHS players and eight tracks here and now there's nothing but dvd players and cd players and yeah i mean i guess i need to go to an antique store where everything is real expensive yeah but yeah all of the televisions are like black plastic 
televisions instead of like wood panel televisions. Does that wear you out? It does. <laughs> okay, that took a minute. It really only shared one word in common. <laughs> right. Then, you know, which is fine. That's enough. That's enough. I did get there. But yeah, so I need to go look for some lamps today. So that's going to be exciting. Lamps are I'm lamps sure are hard. Comedy is easy. I'm sure that uh, Emily and I will make a lot of jokes about how we love lamp and do we really love lamp? And like, no, I just am buying it for the Atari lounge. You could get some lava lamps. Yeah. Probably not cheaply. I mean, I think Target has lava lamps for like 20 bucks now. Hmm. Up to 80 bucks, depending on your level of... Uh, the, the size and lava involvement that you want. You know, I have a lava lamp. I think you got it for me, didn't you? Uh, anything's possible. Like, like a little, I have like a small lava lamp in my office. Here. Hmm. Which that would work. Yeah, I don't know. Thrift store lava lamp is weird because I... Tell me if this is true or not. If you ever drop a lava lamp... Uh, you will marry the next person that you see. <laughs> You'll break your mother's back, yes. Yeah. It Like, is it possible to ruin a lava lamp by agitating it? Because that is a thing that I feel like a bunch of people told me, and maybe it was a bunch of people who spent way too much money on a lava lamp and were just trying to stop people from touching it. But I have this idea in my head that the oil in a lava lamp can get into a state where it will never function correctly again. Huh. And I don't know if that's a real thing. I guess it, if you misplace the heating element, if that gets kind of out of whack, then that would be tricky. Otherwise, if you have it on long enough so that the heat can can permeate the entire thing, then it ought to be all it ought to be all right. Yeah, but I think that, that what I had in my head was this idea that if the if it ever got into like little globules that were too small to sort of reamalgamate, mm-hmm. that you were just fucked forever. You just had to go buy another lava lamp, man, or jump out a window because the drugs convinced you that you could fly. That's how they get you. You know, I'll bet, man. This is one of those things where I should actually probably just order this on Amazon. I should get a plasma ball. Because I am guessing that I could go to Spencer's and buy a plasma ball for like 70 bucks, or I could get the same plasma ball on Amazon for like 15 bucks. Oh, those things where you put your fingers on it and the little light electric arc tendrils touch it and yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That's like well, that's like well situated in late Atari territory. (laughs) In my head, at least. Maybe it's, maybe it's a little later. Maybe that corresponds more to the Nintendo. Get some black light bulbs. True. So that everyone who goes into the Atari lounge can reveal all of the semen stains on their jeans. Yeah. So is the Atari lounge just going to have a couple of Atari 2600s? Is that the idea? Yeah, there's four. I've got four functional ones put together in a big, big old pile of games. Cool. Um, and I think four televisions. Um, it is my it is my hope that that will be enough material to maintain three functional ones for the entire time right uh, that were there so but yeah it's um it's a thing to do in the room that the movies are in after there are no more movies so i don't know what the movies are this year wes always takes care of that i didn't actually for the most part i did not leave the room where the video games were 
except to go to my hotel room. So we're talking uh, like last year, what did you have? <clears throat> last year there was, they're like just basically like video game and pinball documentaries is what got screened there. You should show the wizard. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if we're allowed to just play a DVD. I wonder what the the licensing is on that because you're not charging people for the showing of the movie, but they do have to pay to get into the thing where the movie's being shown among a lot of other stuff. I mean, I suspect that we could just do it and no one would even know. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to not be above board. I wouldn't want to be below board. Do you ever say below board? It's more like above board or under the table. So maybe the board is the top of a table. I think so. It's kind of a cheap table. Yeah. Like I feel like once once you make a fine table, you no longer really refer to the materials in it as boards. Although I think that the primary purpose of the table is to keep the weather off of you when you're feeling sick. Okay. So you can't be above board and under the weather at the same time. Sure. But you can be underboard. You can go overboard. But then you'll end up feeling under the weather. Yeah. Because overboard is where all the rain is. Exactly. Mm, Mr. Skullhead. I forgot what I was going to yeah, say. So anything else? Anything else happened this week or this weekend? Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah, I am too. Probably not. I've so more much. or less just been puttering around my house, kind of rearranging and organizing things like you do. I moved a bunch of crap out of the cabinets in the hallway, mm. and then I put a bunch of stuff in boxes and put those boxes in the cabinets in the hallway so that I can deal with them in 10 or 15 years. That seems like something you watch somebody do in the background of like a Wes Anderson movie. What's he doing? Yeah. He's emptying all the cabinets, and then he's going to fill them with different stuff. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I like to make my life as close as possible to a Wes Anderson movie. That would explain your cultivation of the Jason Schwartzman unibrow. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that I'm always going to the neighboring farms and trying to steal their food. Oh, that's right. Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. I, 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 I try to spend as much time as possible with Owen Wilson uh, saying homespun things right and bill murray do knocking you over bikes with bill like, murray do you not like west i know you didn't like the fantastic mr fox or at least you described maybe you described it as twee i know i didn't really get the fantastic mr fox like what it was for or who it was huh. for i like um <clears throat> let's see i love the royal tenenbaums uh loved rushmore didn't really get Life Aquatic, even though it was really pretty. Yeah. There just wasn't enough stuff, like not enough plot. Yeah, I'm I'm left with pretty much nothing from Life Aquatic. Did you see Moonrise Kingdom? I did like Moonrise Kingdom, but the entire time I was watching it, I was like, this is pretty fucking weird. And it, it almost got to that, this guy is just being weird for weirdness's sake, but yeah, not quite. I don't know, man. I was I was comprehensively delighted by the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Huh. I just found it charming as fuck. Yeah, different strokes. So it was for me. I mean, if you're wondering who it was for, 
it told for me. That makes sense. No, I uh, I just remember watching it and getting sleepier and sleepier. Going, okay, this is still going. There's not really a shape to this story enough that I'm really interested in where it's going. And then by the end of it, it it's it's just so weird. And it's it's like it's a movie for kids that is way over kids' heads. I don't know. Yeah, I, like I'm a fan of animation. A, I'm a fan of stop kids, motion like- animation. But the idea of making, like, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, but just making it a Wes Anderson film, like, if it were live action, I might not have felt that way. Huh. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, you know. uh, Do you make a kid's, it's based on a Roald Dahl book, right? Yeah. Do you still make a kid's movie based on a Roald Dahl book? Like, are those... I, for whatever reason, I think of Roald Dahl as maybe being a little more attached to a specific point in history than, I don't know, your, your Hans Christian Andersen. <laughs> like, I, I don't actually know what to compare this to. Like, at a certain point, The Wizard of Oz will cease to be a resonant story for kids, right? Who knows, though? I mean, we grew up with the movie. Is like, do, like, do kids see The Wizard of Oz now? Yeah, I think parents are still showing it to kids. My my kids seen it. It's that Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. I noticed every year at Comic Con there was always some new property, and usually two or three, based on either of those. So it just seems like they just keep going back and back to it, even though it's kind of impossible to make a good Alice in Wonderland movie. And there's already the best Wizard of Oz movie, I think, that you can make. But, yeah, like the backstory, the behind the scenes, the things that happened before the book and after the book. And there would be at least a comic book and a novel or a comic book and a movie every year based on one of those two or both of those two. So maybe they are. There are new uh, Joseph Campbell motto myths. Hmm. I, uh, I'm suddenly kind of interested in seeing that Noah movie. Yeah, I kind of, it, it just looks so damn weird that I feel like I need to see it. And people are really upset that it's not based on the, it doesn't stick closely enough to the Bible story. And that that's interesting. Yeah. I've heard that the trailers were really, uh, misleading <laughs> about what kind of movie it is. Yeah, they're, they're, it's got a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, which a movie that seems like the movie that that trailer was for would not. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, it's Aronofsky, who I like. Yeah, he's got a pretty good solid track record. What was the What was the action movie that the District 9 guy made? Oh, uh, Elysium. Ugh. And that was pretty bad. Yeah, right? like it was quite. But bad. then he was just like, "No, I just wanted to make a big budget movie, and they let me, so I did." I mean, I think the problem with that one was just <clears throat> he took the District Nine. We're gonna put a sci-fi spin on a on an issue, and made it really, really unsubtle, and then kind of messed up his own message by the end of it. I think. So yeah, it yeah. 
And Jodie Foster with whatever she was doing. Was she? Huh, I didn't even know that she was in that movie. I sort of have this impression of Jodie Foster as someone who has become so private that she has disappeared. Now she was in Elysium, but she was not. She was not her kind of. Hmm. Did she like? Did I see something recently about her like explicitly coming out of the closet? Yeah, Golden Globes last year, or Actress Awards, one of the damn award shows last year she did. She was like, these Golden Globes are for ladies only. Exactly. That's what she said. She said, if the Academy will not award my performance, perhaps they will award the fact that I enjoy sex with women. Um, I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem surprising. No, I think the way she went out was the way she came out was everybody already totally knows this, but just for the like three of you who don't, yeah, totes gay. Well, delightful. You want to? John John Hinckley was really barking up the wrong tree. I don't know. She could be gay and still impressed by something that he did. You know, I guess that's true. (laughs) I'm impressed by some of the things you do. That doesn't mean I want to have sex with you. Sure. It's like, nice job. I'm going to fuck your sister. <laughs> that would have made him so sad. It depends. He was a he was a strange dude. Maybe that was exactly what he was looking for. Could have been. Could have been. Hmm. Yeah, man, I, I like I'm not bringing anything to the table here. I've done essentially nothing except a little bit of work, a little bit of no, a little bit of work, a little bit of Zapcon prep and a bunch of playing video games. What video games are you playing? I played some Diablo 3 and some Elder Scrolls Online. Is that a new Elder Elder Scrolls Online is a new thing? Yeah, it's it came out yesterday. Oh. There was a there was like a week of pre-release. I had gotten randomly just gotten into the beta, so I'd played it occasionally of a weekend over the last 6 months. Eh, I don't know if it's any good or not. You know, it's no it's no Skyrim, but there's a lot of things about it that I like better than Skyrim. Hmm. Like the fact that it has a, you know, it has a, I guess it sort of has a player economy. It kind of doesn't have a player economy. It has the kind of player economy that we would have in KOL if the guild stash was the mall. Right? Like if you could only buy things and sell things to people in your clan. Okay. Which is a weird thing. And what it's, what it's resulting in, in that, their chat, at least, is, you know, a lot of people just, they're also, there's also, I think, no trade chat. So there's a lot of people just spamming, like, trying to sell crafting materials and stuff. And then there's also a lot of, because they're not quite as permissive as we are with clans, but they will let you join five different guilds. There are a lot of guilds that are trying to position themselves as the guild that everyone is in that is used for trading. Uh-huh. And I don't know, like, who gets to set the prices of stuff. Like, I I haven't actually looked at how any of that stuff works. It seems like a weird way to do an MMO, though. Like, I worry that... Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think that we should have just done a single unified auction house instead of a mall. But then I think, no, the mall actually created a lot of what people like about the economic gameplay of this, and that was just wrong. Um, all of the times that I thought that that was the right way to do things, I was wrong. 
But I wonder if the fact that Diablo 3 recently did away with the auction house and sort of turned into a thing with no player economy at all, I hope that that doesn't, like, turn other outfits off to the idea of having a player economy. Yeah. (laughs) Because at a certain point, like, MMOs become so single-player focused as a result of, you know, WoW did this thing and it made it really popular, so obviously what we should do is go further down that road. Um, and, I like, losing the player economy is losing one of the last actual reasons for any game to be an MMO yeah. at all. And and so that's, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a little nerve-wracking. It's such a weird space because so many people are trying to, and not even so many, like the handful of actors who can afford to try to make a thing to compete with WoW, you know, just keep doing it and failing. But there's such a long lead time on it because they, you know, it takes five or six years to make one of those and just hundreds of millions of dollars. And then they come out and they suck and they're pronounced failures and they go free to play. And then they sit and, they, you know, they're they're fine. I'm sure there's a lot of people still playing and enjoying Star Wars The Old Republic. And I might pop back in there every once in a while if I see something that is appealing sure. to me. You know, there are things they could have done to Star Wars The Old Republic that would have resulted in me continuing to subscribe to it, even if it had been a subscription game. But it's like that weird thing where it's like, you know, if we tried to make another game that was like KOL, it would take us 10 years. Yeah. It probably wouldn't take us 10 years, but it would, it wouldn't be like it was to begin with, right? Like we would not be able to just, I am curious if we, if we all really focused on it, if we could make a thing in a month or six months even that would get any traction as a web MMO. In a month, huh? You know, because KOL was me in a week, right? And it was, I guess, different enough than than everything else in its time. But I mean, right now, there's a lot of video games that you can play. You know, that was sort of true then. There were a lot of video games that you could play for free, but they were harder to find. And there were orders of magnitude fewer. Yeah, we were talking about the pre-WoW, pre-iPhone pre like mobile gaming being anything but snake really yeah and pre social games yeah. too right so like basically before before anybody was innately resistant to the idea of you know an energy meter uh-huh. say which is not it both is and is not what KOL has you know, we have a thing that rolls over every day, though, not a thing that rolls over yeah. every hour, which, it which is not a huge difference. But I think it's 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 the most important difference. Yeah. To me, to me, it is. a I, <clears throat> It is a critical difference. I would I would probably argue that the most important difference is that the energy system is not KOL's energy system is not at all related to its profit model. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I it that stupid Star Wars phone game that I was playing that I don't know if I talked to you about. I eventually stopped because it's like, okay, well, this is the point at which I think it might actually be impossible for me to make to make progress past a certain point without giving them some money, which is fine. I mean, that's I was playing it until I reached that point, 
and I got, you know, probably five or six hours of entertainment out of it for free, and that's fine. But it just had the thing where it's like, well, if you come back in a couple hours, your energy meter will be full, or you can refill your energy meter now for like two dollars. Hmm. And I don't I don't understand like I think what happens is your metrics result in you ending up at a place where what you are trying to do is get a thousand dollars out of one crazy guy as opposed to getting like two dollars out of a bunch of people who are interested in buying two dollars worth of entertainment from you. Yeah. And so you're just constantly presenting the sort of like casual-ish rational actor in the marketplace with these absurdly bad deals. Yeah, man, we're I'm playing Angry Birds Go with Ollie because he loves everything that has anything to do with Angry Birds. Apparently there's something about that property that just grabs kids by the lungs and squeezes. Yeah, I think it's got a really compelling visual design. Like I think the game almost almost doesn't matter. Yeah, but the, the puzzles are still good and they're just hard enough for him to struggle with them for a little bit. But uh like Angry Birds Go has this like you slowly level up your carts over time and it's kind of less a racing game than just a if you put enough time into this you'll level up enough that you can beat the course without being any good at it. But like you can go a little bit faster if you're good. But they'll say like Hey, your car's not fast enough to go on this track. You can wait to level it up, or here are the other cars you can buy. Like, oh, is Angry Birds Go like a racing game? Yeah, it's a little cart, cart game. Mm. So, like, there's the, you can buy this one for 300 gems, which would take you a month to save up. Or you can buy this one for 8,000 coins, which would take you two months to save up. Or you can buy this one for $3, this one for $10, this one for $20, and this one for $50. And it's like all of the carts that you make and do with in-game currency are kind of junk duct taped together. So like a skateboard with a football helmet on it upside down for the bird to sit in. And the one like the $20 one looks just like a Lamborghini. Hmm. And it's like you can't expect any grown up to do that, right? Well, they don't. They don't. Right. I mean, so some of it, I think, is the like triple cheeseburger principle right where well i could see that the 50 dollar one is there so that you buy the 20 dollar one sure <clears throat> i mean like the 90 dollar bottle of wine is there so that not so that you will buy it but so that you will feel less bad about splurging on the 40 dollar bottle of wine yeah but even the 20 is way the fuck too much yes for one thing right like the idea that Ah, man, it's so it, value is a weird thing because it's I don't want to get too far up my own ass where I have to like start acknowledging that it makes no sense. The things that people buy for ten dollars from us. Hmm. Right. I mean. Probably KOL thinking about it as a whole, probably KOL is a game that is worth one hundred dollars a year. Sure. Right. We provide a level of service to people that 
is equivalent in value and enjoyment to a thing that you would spend a hundred dollars a year on. Mm-hmm. And I feel, jeez, did you open a did you open a portal into a karaoke bar? Man, if you had just kept going, nobody would have ever known. What? That isn't true. Is it? Was that a, like a ringtone? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I don't. I don't understand people with their ringtones, man. I know, but you're, that's the reason why you never answer your fucking phone. Well, right, because my phone is a texting device. Right. Like me and the rest of the modern world. Yes, but when you say, like, I don't understand why people would have ringtones, like, so that when your phone rings, you can hear it and then answer it, is not a thing that makes sense to you. I understand well, sure. that. Okay, no, <laughs> fair enough. So, KOL, I think I think we provide a service to people that is... Like I said, equivalent to other things that would cost $100 a year, right? Like, say, going to five movies, uh-huh. right? I would like to think that the work that we do in a year has equivalent value to the end user to five movies. At um, least. Yeah. <clears throat> but it is, I mean, it like, it's also possible. Like, if you play Angry Birds Go... For eight hours. Why are you resistant to the idea of spending as much money on it as it would cost to go to four movies? Mm-hmm. I think that. Man, I just. Like, if you look at the state of Angry Birds Go with everything that is possible to purchase unlocked. Like, what would you pay for that game? Well, you can also buy power-ups for every race. Mm. So, it's really an un- there's an unlimited amount of money you could spend on it. I mean, I feel like I paid a couple of bucks for the first Angry Birds before it was free to play and I would happily do that with anything they put out. I think this game like with all of the carts unlocked or unlockable just by play would be worth, you know, 5 or 6 bucks. But I don't think anybody's likely to charge that and think that people would buy it because I think we're in the minority. Like, I would rather have a, a an app that I pay for up front and don't have to worry about any of this bullshit. But I think we're a dying breed. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, like, Plants vs. Zombies 2 is another one that some of the best plants from the first one are only available as in-app purchases for, I think, three bucks a plant, and occasionally they put them on sale. And it's like, I would pay $10 for this game. And if you put out a new world, and you could only get it by paying for it, I would probably pay three or four bucks for another that content chunk. But I just can't pay for the plants. It just feels like that is a thing that should be included in the purchase price, but then it was free, so there wasn't a purchase price, and then we have to get into all this bullshit. I mean, I think that I I am in the minority, I am in a minority, in my belief that, in general, mobile games are way, way, way too cheap. Sure. Right? Like, I would pay... $25 $25 for a full-featured Plants vs. Zombies 2 because I paid $25 for Plants vs. Zombies 1 hmm. when it came out on Steam like five years ago. I don't think I ever right? saw it that high. 
I think I paid 10. Maybe it was only 20, but it was like, I definitely remember like, huh. I remember feeling a little weird about paying that much for a pop cap game. Uh huh. But then thinking, no, I'm pretty excited about this to look at it. And I, maybe there was a demo. Hmm. I don't know. They say that releasing a demo cuts your sales in half. Huh. Which is not surprising to me at all. Really? Why, why would that be? Um, because I think it's hard. So, so you have a certain amount of excitement about a thing. And a lot of that excitement goes away after the first like 15 or 20 minutes of novelty that you get out of the thing. And so getting that for free. I mean, a lot of times I will buy a game for 10 bucks and I will play it for 20 minutes and then never play it again. And so if I can just play the demo for 20 minutes for free, I'm I'm probably less likely to buy a game after playing a demo of it, even if it's a game that I'm excited about. Right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's just like I don't. So I feel like that little factoid was delivered in the context of a guy who was not at liberty to disclose his statistics hmm. because they were like internal EA metrics or something like that. Um, but it, it while, you know, it's one of those things what, like it, while it was kind of surprising to hear, it is mostly surprising in the sense of like other people would be surprised by this. Not that it doesn't make a certain kind of sense. Uh huh. You know, yeah, I don't know. The value, the value of entertainment is such a weird thing, right? Because it's like something that doesn't, it doesn't exist with any scarcity sort of brand identity becomes incredibly important just in terms of like establishing a trust relationship like, I want to buy games from somebody who I know is not going to waste my time. Uh, but I also think with mobile gaming, especially, you've got a thing where quality really doesn't matter. That, like, the bar for entertainment has been lowered so far that, you know, like, Flappy Bird was a piece of shit game by all accounts, except for the fact that people were just drawn to it and played the shit out of it. But it wasn't like the art wasn't great. The controls weren't very good. The sound design wasn't stellar. You know, it, it's not a good game, but it was an incredibly popular one. Well, I don't, it was don't very good at being can, a game. Yeah. I don't know that you can say both of those things at the same time, right? Like I get, I, I get what you mean, right? It wasn't In the same, like, I don't necessarily think that you can say that, like, the Da Vinci Code is a bad book, right? Because it's it's good at being a thing that people read and are entertained by. So if that's what you want a book to be, then it was really good at being a book. Like, if you want a book to be a collection of good sentences used to tell a meaningful story, then no. But that's really only what, like, asshole academics want books to be. You know, and we, because we're people who make video games, like we are the asshole, the asshole academics of video games. And so, yeah, like I, I definitely understand what you're saying about Angry Birds, but it's like this. this well, no, I was, I was talking about Flappy Bird, a Flappy Bird. Oh, 
which is less of a less of a game, but it provided that like thirty second endorphin rush that people were looking for. So, and it, like at the same time, I would I would rather have some people get fixated on a game that is good and have it be like this is good at being popular and also good at being good. You know, I'm I'm happy to see like Bastion be successful as opposed to something that sucks. <laughs> Where see whereas I feel like I did not like Bastion. Gas. Like I know, I know, I know. Like I like so I really like the soundtrack. I like the way that it looks, but I don't like the way that its visual aesthetics interact with its gameplay. Hmm. Like not knowing whether there is an exit in a given direction just super fucks my ability to navigate the space. Hmm. Um, I also didn't really like the tactile aspects of the, the fighting. And I didn't like that. There were only like four enemies. Hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know it. Like I, that's a thing that I recognized was good, even though I didn't really like it. And, I am kind of, you know, I'm glad that they got the money that they need to work on their next game. But I think that their next game is also going to be a thing that I don't super love. Huh. Even though I like the way that it looks, it's just like watching watching gameplay videos of it. I was like, ugh, man, that is not how I want a moving around and swinging a sword game to work. Hmm. I don't think. Um, but... You know, this Star Wars game, which just is free to play with, you know, a bunch of shit you can spend a lot of money on. That's a tiny Death Star, right? No. Oh, it's different. Yeah. No, this um this is at Star Wars Assault Team. Oh, all right. Um so this is put out by Disney Interactive. I am guessing looking at this that it probably had a budget north of a million dollars. And North, north being up, like numbers are higher in the north, like the elevation. Um, and I have no idea, like, I've had a hard time, like, say, finding a wiki about it, which leads me to believe that it may well have just been a total flop for them. And that's the weird thing. Like, this is, I don't know that big studios like Disney Interactive are going to continue to make free to play iOS games with budgets that high if they don't reliably make their money back on them. Uh Uh-huh. It's just this weird space where, like, discoverability is so bad, even though, like, I kind of don't like that as an industry phrase. Just because discoverability, I think, is kind of a word, but not really. But there isn't actually... It articulates a thing that needs to be able to be articulated, which is, like, it is very, very difficult for a good game to get in front of anybody because there are so many games. Yeah. Right? And so that makes it extremely risky to sell a game instead of giving it away for free and sort of ruining it as a result of that. I mean, what I hope happens is that rather than this sort of upcoming generation of kids who are just getting used to this being what video games are. Like, 
just being used to it and making it so all video games suck. I would rather have them get a little bit savvy about the value of things, mm-hmm. resulting in better free-to-play games with less exploitative models. Hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I don't think that it is necessarily the future because people are still buying console games and people are still buying, you know, big new releases on Steam for a ton of money relative to what a, what a phone game costs. But, you know, for a reasonable amount of money relative to, like, how much work it was to make the thing. And I don't, I don't see that going away. No, I, I don't think... Well, I think that Ouya proves that people don't really want a console just to play mobile games on. That there is a market for a bigger, longer, <clears throat> longer, stronger model. And people don't expect the next Call of Duty game to be free-to-play. Yeah. Right? I mean, some people complain about this, oh, this is a $60 game that also has microtransactions in it. And I mean, I think that they're... We're at this weird point where the the tech required to make a game hasn't advanced as fast as the sort of fidelity that you have to achieve with a game and so it's it's really hard for even a game that is the most popular game to make its money back Mm -hmm. because it costs so much to make and I mean there's a lot of things that there's a lot of directions that that can move historically right like more stylized stuff gets to be easier and easier to make cheaply and so maybe that just becomes how it works right because like at a certain point you can't meaningfully make a tank look any more like a tank. Right. Right. It eventually just becomes like, effectively, this is a real tank. As far as you can see. And like, you know, I don't know. You can improve physics. But all of that is like, you basically know how to do it. What we need is, what we need is quantum computing so that there is just infinite processing power. Which then just means the way that you make a tank is that you just build a tank. And then you have your physics engine just treat that tank the way that it would act in the world. Sure. And so when you blow it up, it's like, oh, okay. This is what would happen if a tank got blown up. Yeah. And we just need to be able to plug these experiences directly into our brains instead of having to control them with controllers. Yeah. Do you want to, uh, do you want to answer some Kingdom of Loathing video game questions? Sure. Because our fidelity has remained constant. Actually, no, we've, We've uh, improved our graphics a little bit. Uh, what do you yeah. think? I mean, you yeah. got to believe that because you've been replacing them. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you like the the new ones better. We've replaced our consistency, I think. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and those are things that don't bother anybody. I mean, I think strictly speaking, most people would say that the new avatars, the new character avatars, are better. And more expressive than the old ones, I think. Yeah. But a lot of people are accustomed to the old ones and thus invested, and so their their quality judgments are extremely subjective. Hmm. But even then, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really seen 
I think we figured out the right way to do it, right? Like here are these new ones. They're an option for old people. The way that you looked before is still an option for you, but new people, we're just going to give them these new avatars and it's going to be fine. Yeah, man. We are still, we are still not down from that. Like when, when Reddit, when we hit Reddit again a little while ago, there was a huge spike in signups and it still has not dipped even after three weeks below like two and a half times the previous normal rate. Yeah, I saw that. That's so, I mean, I wonder if partly that like this is the first bump since character creation got a lot easier. Hmm. So, so that's a thing. Anyway, I'm curious. I don't want to become super metrics driven, you know, but it's interesting. Like I did some stuff to see if I could try to just experimentally like so I could see all of a sudden like this is how many accounts get made in a day and this is how many accounts actually set a password which is like this is how many people don't bounce off of it before they've played 30 turns right and I made a couple little changes based on the feedback that we all put together when I made everybody play through the tutorials. And if you look at the date ranges before that and after that, I think I might have increased retention by like 10%. Nice. But I might also just be looking at blips in the most favorable way. <laughs> and I also don't want to say things like I increased retention by 10% because that seems gross. But like what I mean is... I made the early game experience more fun so that more people stuck around for it. And I got to keep that in my head. I got to keep it in my head that that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that, that is... It's the same as, like, I went out and ran for half an hour today versus I went out and ran three miles today, which is better than my last time when I ran for half an hour and only ran two and a half miles. Like, it's the same thing. It's just... Those that quantifying data makes it more compelling and it's, you know, to measure your progress. And in our case, it's also tied to our livelihood. So I think that's probably okay to be on top of that a little bit. Yeah. As long as it's like we're going to, we're going to improve our metrics by making the game better. Yeah. Works for me. Matraxis wrote, so since it's looking more and more like the ego character is the eternal champion and the revised slash unstuck mysterious island is beginning to look like Tanalorn, is there a chance that we will see an Elric reference in the near future? No, because I don't know anything about that, uh, that fiction, uh, nor even who wrote it or what is that? Is that Fritz Lieber or is that is Fritz Lieber Fofford and the Grey Mauser? <laughs> you, you're naming just bands that I've never heard of. It's early, just early fantasy stuff, right? Like, oh, it's Michael Moorcock, Elric, Elric of Melniborn. That's pretty old, isn't it? Or yeah. is it not? No, uh, Michael Moorcock is like pre-Tolkien. Yeah, I want to see, or at least the same time as Tolkien. Mike Mike Moorcock is also a directive that you would give to the sound guy in a porn <laughs> studio. The sound guy? Well, we're yeah, not hearing that cock enough, Mike. Mike, Mike, no, Mike Moorcock. You're, you're miking it. 
Like, oh, I see. I thought the like guy's Mike. name was Mike, and you were asking him to put more cock into the sound mix. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but by by using his name as a verb. Gotcha. Also, it's cool that the sound guy's name is Mike. <laughs> oh, and the cameraman, Cam. Cam, more boobs. Uh, more uh, cock was just was uh, inspired by T.S. Eliot, so he was publishing in 50s, 60s, 70s? Uh, okay, so not... Like, he was post-Tolkien, but pre-popular Tolkien? Mm, maybe so. Crepuscular Tolkien. Captain Spam says, I think the best part of Sneaky Pete's catchphrases is trying to reverse engineer the situation that gave birth to each one. Like, from my last ascension, don't forget your taco, madam. <laughs> I'm trying to picture the Fonz working a taco stand somewhere, and the more I try to picture it, the funnier it gets. Well, maybe it was just a lady who was, like, he at the grocery store and he was in line behind her and she forgot her taco. And he's like, don't forget your taco. And she's like, don't forget my taco. And then they uh, hooked up later. Oh, I see. So taco was like a genital slang. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Wax says, hey, the notes section of the quest log has been around for a really long time. When was it introduced? It's super useful, even though we take it for granted. Uh, shortly after the quest log, which was shortly after that ski trip in Vermont. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 2005? No. Seven, maybe. It was after I was married. Yeah, your trip to Vermont was the same year we went to London, maybe? Yeah. 2000. Oh, you were, call no, it you 2007. Were you, I, wasn't, I wasn't on that trip, no. Yeah, you were. No. Really? It was not on the Vermont trip, no. Where Amplitude <clears throat> rented that house. Yep, was not there. Wow, I totally thought you were. That was like you and, uh, like, uh, Pristina and Amplitude yeah, and, and others. Uh, Grunge, and Darian, Lar, and, uh, Lazy Mork being all Australian. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I could have sworn I was you were there, there in spirit. Mr. Mag and Mrs. Dr. Mag. Yeah, no. Well, gosh, I missed you. Clearly. So did the Ben and Jerry's factory. Although we went to the Ben and Jerry's factory for a tour and they weren't making ice cream that day. I was like, what the fuck were we thinking? Oh yeah, we Wax did that says, tour later, yeah. Anyway, Can speedrunners get tickets instead of accommodations? I don't like the idea of encouraging this behavior in today's use. The accommodations are tickets. Mm-hmm. That's why one of them is golden. Damned fish says, is there any way to switch off the part of the snowsuit that changes your familiar's image in the sidebar? Normally it's pretty adorable, but some familiars like the happy medium and the nano rhino have images that change when they're ready to use their combat ability. You know, I could see maybe changing the order in which those things trigger so that a familiar whose image gets changed based on some game state overrides the image change based on the snowsuit. Because I feel like that's probably always what everyone wants. Yeah. Uh, also, I can't remember if I've already said this or not, but man, I'm enjoying April's item of the month. I've seen some disappointing feedback in the forums, but I think it's a versatile and well-balanced item. The mad scientist in me is pleased. Oh yeah, a mad scientist shrunk himself and I ate him by accident. Sure, it was an accident. How do you feel about the item of the month? Was there anything you wanted to include but didn't? Uh, there was some stuff that I sort of panicked and pulled out at the last minute um, that I think Hot Stuff was sad about that might end up getting put back in, but I got to I got to get reassured about it a little bit. Um, I like it a lot. It's, it is the kind of item of the month that makes me really happy 
imagining it as a player. Hmm. Um, and it, it is the kind of item of the month that is probably doomed to get negative feedback from optimizers who are overrepresented in the sort of loud minority that is likely to complain about balance stuff about items of the month. It's also going to be impossible to consider. I mean, I guess we will be able to see how it sells from Mr. Store, okay. but we won't. That data is going to kind of be meaningless because I think a lot of people pre donated as a result of the 11th anniversary thing. Um, so it's going to be real weird. It's going to be, I mean, we don't tend to except in really broad strokes, pay that much attention to how items of the month sell, you know, and it's like it, in, in some ways it seems to be a little bit irrespective of revenue because like that the reindeer was one of the worst selling items of the month ever, but it was one of the best months for revenue because every December is one of the best months for revenue. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's like people giving us money for Christmas because they like us. I don't know if it is people donating to give their friends Mr. Accessories for Christmas. That kind of thing. Uh, I, I have no idea what it is. I don't know if it's also people like pre-donating for the yearly familiars at this point, though that wasn't a thing before. You know, it could be people donating for the economic advantage that they need to participate in the Crimbo event to the extent that they want to. Possibly. It's really hard to say. Yeah. And, you know, because we have an actual sort of functional economy, it is too complicated to draw a huge number of conclusions about as people who aren't trained economists. Oh, whack for once submits a blank question. Hmm. Jokai says, hey, I've really been enjoying the game lately. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. And thank you. Uh, Alien Octopus writes a rhetorical question when I said something in the question. See, Riff pointed this out after I... Whenever you ask for questions, you have to do so in a sentence which itself has no real content. Otherwise, everybody will just jump to submit mm. a question about the content. Like, just make a joke about it. Yeah, if you say, send, please send your questions, comments, and unwed koala bears... Everyone will be like, dude, koala bear weddings. Do you think koala bears have a right to get married? Yeah. And so you'll end up with a, a lot of questions, but not a lot of questions that you can do anything with. No. Uh, Alien Octopus says, okay, my previous question was smart assy. Sorry. That's all right. It's not a thing so that you need we. to apologize for. It's a thing that we need to not, like, repeatedly provoke. <laughs> a serious one here. Have you ever thought of a path with all three avatars fighting with each other all the way and your job would be to have them be okay with each other? Kind of like Kitty Core, but with the avatars? No? Oh, well. How about an awesome Librum for next month's item? Uh, next month will not be a Librum. Maybe the one after that. We'll come up with an awesome Librum. Hmm. Librums are hard because whatever item we put in them just gluts the game. Because I think that the MP scale for Librams made a lot of sense when it was established. Right. But is now kind of stuck because we can't make old items of the month worse, but is also a little too 
a little too generous for the the generosity with which MP is doled out these days. Uh, anyway, uh, the the path where all three like if you had a, if you have pets that were all three of the avatars and they were just fighting with each other. I could see it being fun to write a bunch of different interactions between the three of them, but I could also see that as a thing where, I mean, it's kind of, I think we might be at the sweet spot in terms of lore about those characters now, Yeah, which is to say almost entirely not fleshed out. But with some key details, so you, yeah. you get a sense of them. Some, 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 like the amount of detail that you get from you know, three pairs of conversation, three conversations between distinct pairs of the two in the sorceress fights. And then like 30 little factoids in the skills and the stuff that you already knew about them, which was basically their character class. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's plenty. And I think that we should, uh, we should probably leave them alone because they're pretty good. And eventually you get to the point where you can only make a thing worse by providing more details. Because people will go out of their way to interpret the, the details in the most obnoxious possible way, like midichlorians. <laughs> oh, come on. Midichlorians are great. It's not that they make the force. It's just that they are drawn to the force. And so they, they concentrate in the bloodstream of people who are forcey. Yes. Because that makes it better, George. I mean... That is how I interpreted it, and what that basically does is it accomplishes nothing except the thing that it needs to accomplish in the story, which is to make it so you can blood test for the Force. <laughs> also, mitochondria are a thing, mm -hmm. and just changing it to midichlorians is, like, I thought that was awfully silly. Like, they're, they're an organelle in your cell that has different DNA than you do. You know, midichlorians. <laughs> really? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, buddies. Yeah. And the reason the stormtroopers always miss is because there was a batch of rifles, blaster rifles that came out that had a uh, a bad targeting prism or something. Is that a thing that somebody e said? Yeah. That that's right. part of the canon. Yeah. Good. It's oh, it's part of G canon. Uh-huh. Uh, Cron X says, "When the when, uh, when will there be a new April Fools' Day item of the month? The costume wardrobe is kind of stale." I think what you mean is the costume wardrobe is evergreen. The The whole point of the costume wardrobe was to make it so the doppelshifter functionality, which was a thing that we felt was pretty core, not core, but like it was important and fun. And there was a lot of work put into making that a thing that we could do that it is harmless to allow that functionality to be accessible to people cheaply in perpetuity. Then, you know, every time that it shows up in the store again, it has new content in it. That's true. The, although I don't know, you know, it doesn't have any new content relative to the ones that are also for sale in the mall. No, that's true. Right. It, it is a weird thing. It's, it's interesting economically because like, I think the combination of the fact that it doesn't really have any significant gameplay value and its arrival schedule is completely fixed hmm. means that it is consistently cheaper than a Mr. A, whereas the clan VIP lounge key is consistently more expensive than a Mr. A in the mall. Huh. And I think that's kind of interesting. Man, it seems like 
every year, the proportion of just generally on the internet, the proportion of like people complaining about how they've just fucking had it with April Fools. It grows larger and the proportion of people who enjoy April Fool's jokes on the web gets smaller. <laughs> Maybe it's just that all of the sites that we frequent where people express their opinions, everybody is aging at the same rate we are. Well, I mean, everybody is, but they started the same age that we are. So maybe it's mm. just in our in our bubble, people are getting grumpier. Yeah, could be. I mean, I know that I every year I am less and less excited about burning a bunch of calories doing some April Fool's thing for KOL. Hmm. Like it always just and also because that's like, man, I wish to fuck that we had just decided early on when Mr. Store opened to do the item of the month on like the seventh or something, huh. because the number of times that that deadline hits some other deadline, you know, it's like essentially, and this is, this is just an excuse because I could do this if I prepared for it. But like, I never, I never have been able to at short notice participate in a ludum dare because they're always right at the end of a month. Hmm. And I always have, item of the month shit to do at that time. That is, again, just me making excuses. I think any, uh, any point in the month we put it is going to end up being inconvenient somehow, but I, I do think it's slightly more likely to be inconvenient the way or where it is. I mean, I think that C.D. Moyer gets more stressed out by, I mean, this may or may not be true, but the fact that the PvP season rolls over at the same time that the item of the month comes out, I think makes that slightly more of a pain in the ass than a challenge path, which rolls out when there isn't anything else going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's like the fact that the items of the year come out at the same time as the item of the month come out at the same time as a PVP season or does it? Maybe not. That's aggravating. Yeah. Uh, Creeper mania nine says, can there be a bank for meat? That is, that is really reassuring because that is the kind of, there are a lot of, I'm, I'm ignoring some of these. Uh, because I don't know that these are people who actually listen to the podcast. Um, I'm getting more and more question submissions that are like, why are our number of turns limited? Or video game player eight writes, why can't I drink more booze? Well, because you'll learn that you already have the ability to drink way more booze than you have time to play turns effectively. Uh, because this game is broken as shit. Creepermania 9 saying, can there be a bank for meat? What this means to me is that there are new people playing the game. Yeah, that's exciting. Asking the kind of new people questions that uh, new people ask. I don't think that there needs to be a bank for meat. I've always been resistant to the idea of just allowing time to create meat. Compound interest. In order for a bank to produce meat interest at a rate that is fun... It would have to do so at a rate that I think would harm the economy. We could just lower the meat drops from every monster and make it we, so you have to lose the you have to use the bank to get the interest to get just the meat you have now. Okay, yeah. Uh, LMTR fourteen like says, Why isn't the Professor What t shirt non tradable? Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that was a problem or not. You know, that's one of those quests that we don't really expect a lot of people to see, right? Because the 
I don't actually know. That's a, that's sort of a good. I wonder if I did any. I wonder if I put any tracking in that. Because I'm curious. It's it's sort of like the junk sprites or like the the new hidden temple opening quest, where it's like a person who's not reading the wiki is going to do that quest. Somebody who's just interested in you know like wanting to have. Like somebody who is the kind of person who will put items on their to-do list just so that they can do them and cross them off, uh-huh. right? Like adding an extra step to something that they were going to do anyway, uh, will maybe enjoy doing those quests multiple times. But they are really for the under-informed first-time player. So it doesn't hurt anything for it to be tradable. But I mean, what's kind of interesting is you could potentially start the that quest by using the reward for that quest. Uh-huh. Um, Wax says, Jake, is Good Omens really the only Terry Pratchett you've ever read? Not wanting to read the rest of his works based on that is the same as not wanting to play KOL because the only thing to fight is the rabbits in Elwyn Forest. I, I know, but that is not the only reason that I haven't bothered reading the rest of his stuff. The, the, it's just too much buildup at this point. And I know this is like a dumb thing, but it's a thing that happens to people. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like procrastination. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it is nevertheless a thing that always occurs. Yeah, it's hard to talk yourself out of like, all right, here's this thing that fucking everybody thinks I should fucking read now. Now entertain me, book. It's the yeah. same reason why I can't watch Freddy Got Fingered now. Uh-huh. And why you hated Tommy Boy. <laughs> no, I think my my loathing of Chris Farley was pure. Well, you got your wish, buddy. I hope you're happy. <laughs> I, I was. No. I, uh, I was like, I'm not happy that somebody died. I, I'm happy he's not making movies anymore. Jeez. Yeah. Damned Fish writes, on a previous show, I believe you mentioned you're not sure when the next familiar item of the month would come out. Well, I hope it's June, because so far, every June item of the month has been a familiar. Plus, my birthday is then, so I can pretend you made it for me. Aw, just what I always wanted. Oh, maybe maybe it will be a damned fish familiar. Mm. Probably not, though. An underwater-only familiar. Now is the time to strike while that iron is wet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Danfish says, Last show after the whole Australia mode thing, you said you were thinking of saying have a kookaburra billabong on the main page, but we're worried it would be offensive. I guess I can't speak for all Australia. <laughs> I can't speak for all Austrians, but uh, personally, I find most American depictions of Australia in the media to be ridiculously over the top to the point that I can't possibly find it offensive. Just funny. Also, request for an Australian themed zone slash familiar. It's not that I am worried that it would be offensive. And if I if I said that, I I misspoke and I apologize if saying that offended anyone. It's that it wasn't. I don't think it would have been immediately obvious to people why that was funny. Yeah, that was that was it. And so, like, it it would seem like we had just, you know, if we sold, like, if there was an item of the month that was a gong and we just said, the new item of the month is available in Mr. Store. It's a gong. Ching chong ding dong. Right. You know, which... I recognize that saying ching chong ding dong is not the same as saying ava kookaburra billabong, but it kind of is right to me. To me, it is actually precisely the same, but it is not interpreted that way because of the sort of cultural context 
That is that is what that is what Dam's fish is pointing out here, right? Yeah. And it's like I said, I'm I don't I don't like a Australians. Ugh, Jesus Christ, th- this is probably incriminating, but like, and I would have I would have said before that I thought that Asians kind of fit this, but like I feel like Australians aren't prone to persecution complexes right i mean because it's like yeah whatever like nobody is i'm sure that it will be different people will tell me it's different because australians are white hmm right but i don't think it's white so much as privileged guessing what is the word that I'm looking for? That they are not uh, historically oppressed people, except that they were all convicts to begin with. Well, sure, yeah, exactly. They they were not historically oppressed, except for the fact that yeah, the, the entire culture is predicated on people being moved to an entirely different continent because of crimes that they committed. Well, they then did fine, though. You know, like, I, I think that's the thing. There weren't like. They never had to sit in the back of the bus. They never had to use like the the outhouse and the poison ivy instead of the toilet, like the inside toilet in the fifties. Yeah. Like, and I guess there weren't. There was no there Jim Crow. There weren't Australian internment camps during World War Two. Yeah, right. Like there weren't. There weren't times when people were put into camps for being Australian within the lifetime of people who are still alive now. Right. Um. Which makes them categorically different from Asians, yeah, that it, I guess, in terms of the level of cultural sensitivity necessary to not get in trouble on the internet. I don't but like when it when it gets down to it. It's all of this shit is so above our pay grade that it doesn't really pay to dip a toe in it just to be just for a to, joke yeah, that, just, that just you and Pantsless and yeah, me that will get. Only be funny to a handful of people anyway, right? Yeah. Like and. Yeah. It is it is weird how that is there I cannot actually articulate in any terms that don't necessarily involve the context of it why Havakuka Burabilabong is different than Ching Chong Ding Dong. Hmm. Like I just I can't, right? Because this is just oh, here are some noises that these people make put together in a way that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> right? Can you... Yeah, I don't know. You know, is is faking a German accent and talking about having efficient German sex? Is it similar? I mean... Yeah. So, okay. So, is making up a long German-sounding word... Right? That becomes kind of the same thing. I mean, when I do that, I try to make it a legitimate German word. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, the way that German syntax works, you can just construct, like, there isn't, you can just say a thing that's a collection of German sounds, and it is necessarily a word. Yeah. I I don't, like, it's not necessarily going to be in a dictionary, but you can. Right. Right? I mean, like... A lot of concepts get compressed into one word, even if they are novel, and that word has never been around before. Hmm. 
I, I could be wrong about that. But again, like, Germans are all right. Right? They're the uh, oppressor. They're fine by they, me. They're, I mean, they're the, they're the oppressor. But, I don't know, did they lose out in any significant way? It was more like, hey, you guys, go back home. <laughs> they didn't get uh, they didn't get any a bombs. There were yeah, I mean there were certainly some economic sanctions that were probably harmful, but again they seem to bounce back okay. <laughs> so is Japan, even after the bombs. That justifies it, right? Look, they're fine. Yeah, it's cool. Sorry, I need to get back to my racist subreddits. <laughs> Uh, Happy Dan says, can it be made so that when I send a package to someone, it shows what I sent in my outbox? Doesn't it? Hmm. I thought it did. If you have the thing set to save messages in your outbox. But maybe not. Oh, that isn't a thing anymore. I wonder if that broke when we turned off saving outbox messages by default. Because we started deleting them after two weeks or whatever, but then you can still manually save them. But everybody would just turn that on, and then the outbox just filled up and filled up and filled up. Yeah. Anyway, I should look at that. Hexatune points out that Susie did in fact have a cupcake stand in the in the past. And still I kind does of I kind of that. figured that we were going to hear about that, but then I figured I'd let somebody else do the research. The Ripa says, I love the iconic top menu, even as a player from way back times. This isn't a question, but I just wanted to let you know that not everyone prior to that change is an idiot. I don't, I never said that. Jeez. Oh man, Nudely says, when will you accept Bitcoins as donations? Never. We will accept Bitcoins as donations insofar as Bitcoins can be instantly converted to US dollars, which is to say, never. We will accept Bitcoins as donations if you convert them into U.S. dollars before you donate them. Yeah. We will accept Bitcoins as donations whenever PayPal treats Bitcoins as money. How about that? Go. Man, did you play that uh, funny candy box style game about Bitcoins? Uh, no, I didn't. Missed that one. It's pretty funny. I think you might like it. It turns into a it turns into it. Well, I don't want to spoil it. It is, you know what? It is a game that, like a dark room, actually sort of lives up to. It gets what Candy Box was mm -hmm. in a way that Cookie Clicker did not get what Candy Box was. Um, or okay, that's that is unfair to say. Cookie Clicker did not manifest what Candy Box was. Uh, the way that a dark room did. Sure. But, you know, like, Clicking Bad was fun. Christmas Clicker was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Like, Christmas Clicker was good because it just had an... It just had an end state that you could get to in a day. You know? Which is about how long one of those things stays interesting anyway. And Cookie Clicker is like... Ugh, man. I have a lot of problems with that. We should make we should make one of those something good, Mister Scullard. We should make something good. Something I think tells me we should make something good, yeah. not something that's always the same, because that would be a shame. That's all. 
<laughs> you know what I think just happened? I think that I got something tells me we're into something good and uh, baby Whatever you and me got a groovy kind of love conflated in my head. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, baby, you and me got a groovy kind of love? Do you believe in doing something good? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Wax says, can you put this ask question screen on an extra bottom bar? So like my characters on the left, chat is on the right, options and places are on the top and on the bottom I can write whatever comes into my head and send it to you? No. Yeah, one of our goals is to make it easier for Wack to submit questions. Uh, Chilled uh, sends us uh, his solution to a puzzle that we did not propose but should have. Uh, dick, dice, dine, dint, bint, bunt, butt. Nice. I don't think that bint is a real word. I think it's one of those made-up British slang words. I mean, bit, it's possible that bint is a word, but if if I were writing... If I were writing a puzzle like this for normal people to solve. If I were, say, writing... If I were working on the generator for the Puppy's Dream minigame in Word Realms, which no one played, uh, I think that I neither dint nor bent would have been in the list of words that were acceptable to build puzzles out of. Hmm. Dint, I think... Bent would have fallen off because of the frequency data. Dint, I don't... I don't know. Like, I think that's not necessarily something like if you said to the population how many words can you make by changing the last letter of dine to something else dent would probably be on 10% of those lists Hmm. Um, dent emor Kobe Walnut says, if you're still looking for science magicians, contact a university chemistry department. They send out undergrads to do demos all the time. That is a good idea. Uh, I've had, I've had, uh, I've put feelers out in schools. Uh, you, you can get arrested for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jolson42 says, why are the plurals of Dr. Awkward's books Pamela Anderson's? Uh, because nobody was ever supposed to see that. And I don't know how someone did. Yeah, come on, man. Work Perch says, I just wanted to add my praise to the volumes you have no doubt read on the writing in the game. There are many bits of the narrative writing that never wear thin for me and get me chuckling every time I read them. Today it was, you didn't know seahorses could arch their eyebrows. To quote Mr. Jinkles, if it wasn't for the writing, you finally get that seahorse. The little bastard would be irredeemable. I-R-R-E-deemable. Oh, irredeemable. Okay. <laughs> many, many thanks to everyone involved. Uh, well, thank you. We do not, uh, we do not get volumes of praise we get praise and it's good we get pamphlets yeah maybe atom mm-hmm. also a question do you have a favorite monster that you have yet to find a place for in the game if so would you care to share uh, the frog no. breathing dragon <laughs> is one that I've I mean we kind of we sort of ended up with a no dragons like our no coffee rule, except for the one place where there's a dragon. Right. Right. So there's no coffee except for the coffee. Uh, favorite monster that I has not yet found a place for in the game. No, because most of the stuff that I've written that didn't get into the game was because it wasn't very good. So... 
I mean, like, thinking about all of the themed monsters for the various axe dungeons. Yeah. They're just like, unless something is just stretching and uh, in a very sad way. I mean, those those were also from a time when a monster was like a sentence and a verb. Yeah. For them attacking you, right? So it's not like... I don't think that those didn't go in because the monsters weren't good. It just was like we didn't end up making that place. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Different kinds of axes. There are still some weird relics of that. I mean, it wasn't really, right? There, there was the rubber axe, which you would get somewhere. Dungeon, daily dungeon, maybe? And then you could trade it for a denim axe in the palindome. <laughs> and there was a digital axe, right? Like a wall axe? The, 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 the idea of wall hacking being a joke that had an axe in it somewhere. Hmm. Well, on that note, let's go out with a whimper and not a bang. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I'm going to go out on a bang. Bang! Dang. Bang. bang. Blame. That's right. Blame, blame. All right. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm Jick, and I'm already gone.